everyone watches more than five hours of television. Really? And that's not counting mobile viewing. Get Dish TV and make that time worth it. With Dish, you can get hundreds of channels, access to all kinds of sports, tons of movies, premium channels, and more. Another thing that's really cool with Dish is you can watch most of your favorite shows on your mobile device anywhere for a lot less than cable. Yes, that's right. We are asking you to watch more TV and not less TV, but make it better television with Dish this time, anytime, anywhere. So call right now and learn how easy it is to save on your television bill and get the most out of your TV viewing experience. Dial that number and I promise you we're here waiting for your call because we want to save you money and give you better television. We are Dish TV. 800-293-0328 That's 800-293-0328 Welcome to Sports Ecom 101, the show where we discuss sports topics from a business perspective. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Russell Jackman. At each commercial break, we're going to ask a sports trivia question. And since football season is upon us uh, coming next week, uh, it'll be the NFC. And also in the next segment, we're going to introduce our uh, uh, special guest who has been on at least once before, a few years ago, former director of college scouting for the Raiders. You have to say it that way, right? Like, <laughs> was that Chris Berman who used to say that? He would say that. John Kingdon. And uh, when we so when we come back, John's going to share with us a lot of fun stories and what's it like to be a <clears throat> excuse me director of college scouting um, and what he's doing nowadays. Because uh, you know when we think of scouting, we always think of just college, but and I guess that's what John did. Uh, but there's also the scouting uh, that goes between pro teams when they're looking, I guess, in case a player gets hurt and that sort of thing. And uh, the 49ers trading Trey Lance. I guess now that they got Sam Darnold, they don't need Lance. So, the, um, you know, it's kind of, kind of interesting. We'll actually uh, talk to John about that. Be kind of, kind of cool. And uh, Russell, you're going to have some great questions for John. We'll see what he comes up with. Yeah, because he was pretty. See what Russell comes up with too. We'll see what Russell comes because John, you were pretty close to uh, Al Davis, right? Very closely, and uh, as I mentioned, Bruce Bruce Kebrick and I we co-authored a book, Al Davis Behind the Raider Shield. Yeah, very good. All right. Um, Also, you know what I think was kind of cool. This isn't football, but a little baseball. So Mookie Betts, he got a standing ovation from the boss. Holy smokes! I don't know why that's coming on. Uh, Mookie Betts got a uh, standing ovation uh, from the uh, Boston crowd. It was the first time that he had been, you know, he'd been playing for the Dodgers the last three years. And when he went back to Boston, they treated him like a star, and which, which is really kind of cool because the team traded him uh, versus like, you know, a player who wants out and usually gets booed. So, all right, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. The 
Mountview Hotel and Spa in lovely Calistoga is turning back rates to a time when staying in Napa Valley was more affordable. Throughout the summer, you can book direct and apply our 15% True Blue discount and lounge by the pool, treat yourself to a spa experience, or watch a classic movie at sunset. All for just $395 per night for weekend stays or $295 per night for weekdays. Call 707-942-6877 or book online at mountviewhotel.com using discount code TRUB. Offer good through September 30th, 2023. That's mountviewhotel.com using discount code TRUB to take advantage of our 15% True Blue discount and stay for just $395 per night for weekend stays or $295 per night for weekdays. That's mountviewhotel.com. Are you looking for a safer way to invest? The Freedom Fund at Pacific Private Money offers flexible investing opportunities. I'm Mark Honf, CEO of Pacific Private Money, and I invite you to hear what Tim has to say about our Freedom Fund. Pacific Private Money provides my ideal balance of security and liquidity, giving me steady monthly income at a profitable RA, backed by solid real estate holdings. The Freedom Fund earns nearly seven times the return available from the best bank savings account and still allows me access to my money as needed. I personally prefer investing with a trustworthy company backed by real estate than the volatile upsets of the stock market. You too can be earning consistent returns on your savings or retirement accounts. Give us a call to learn more. 415-926-4444, 415-926-4444, or visit us at PacificPrivateMoney.com. Six friends. One outrageous idea and a chance to make their dreams come true. Transcendence Theatre Company invites you to go the full Monty, Broadway's hit musical comedy. July 28th through August 20th at Beltane Ranch in Sonoma Valley. You'll see why an evening at Transcendence is the best night ever. The full Monty in wine country. Get your tickets now at bestnightever.org. Mountain Mike's Pizza in San Rafael is open for both takeout and delivery. So if you want pizza the way it ought to be, call us at 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmikesanrafael.com and order online. You can either pick up your fabulous pizza or we can deliver it to you. Our dough and shredded cheese are made fresh daily. So call 415-454-4300 or go to mountainmikesanrafael.com and order your pizza. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman. I want to introduce our special guest, John Kingdon, who's a former director of college scouting for the Raiders. And uh, John has been on before. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Thank you, Edward. Always, always a pleasure to be with you. Good. Okay, so tell us, uh, give us a little history. <clears throat> How did you get started in uh, being, I, I assume you didn't start off as being a director. You probably started off as a college scout and then moved up. Well, even less than that, I came in as an intern. I, I had gone to UMass and got a master's in sports management <clears throat> and needed an internship to, to get the degree. And I started out picking up players, uh, picking up lunches, <clears throat> excuse me, things, things like that, and just kind of worked my way in a department. We're doing all the administrative stuff and doing all the filing. And then and Ron Wolf was the, uh, the director of scouting, and he gave me the opportunity to start going out to some schools locally 
and then eventually got an area to scout and then just kind of kept working my way up. And when Ron uh, eventually left and went uh, to the New York Jets and then ultimately to the uh, Green Bay Packers, I had stepped in, you know, along with Bruce Cabrick, we kind of worked together as the, uh, as the uh, college scouting directors. So how, how, do you, how does one tell whether you're a good scout or not until after it's proven that you're a good scout? You know well, yeah, I mean? you can, it, it doesn't come with me. Obviously, you can evaluate. Uh, you, you know, people are evaluating the drafts the day after. Well, that's impossible. It takes about two, three, maybe four years to really evaluate uh, how good you did in your draft. Now, you know, if you're cutting players you drafted fairly highly pretty quickly, that's, that's, that's not a good sign. And yeah. we would evaluate our own scouts, uh, you know, about how well they did. And, uh, you know, some who were former, one in particular, a former player, who wasn't very good, but uh, was somebody that Al really liked and had been a nice player. And I won't say it was, but we, we couldn't, we realized he's not going to find any players. So we always had to double check uh, what he was doing, that kind of thing. But it's, a, it's, it's almost uh, black and white. If your players are making it, it's not really black. It's black, gray, and white. You know, yeah, yeah. a guy's a great player or a guy's a solid player or a guy is, is, you know, become maybe a good special teams player and such, or a flat out if he doesn't make it. If you see soon that he hadn't made it, well, that's just a, a pretty good sign that, you know, that wasn't a good pick or overall a good draft. Yeah, I guess there's a, a lot of personality stuff involved, too. I think about guys who, let's say, were good NBA players, but they didn't make NBA uh, coaches very well. <clears throat> you would think that a player would be able to know how to scout another player. Well, you're talking about as, as coaches, I think, you know, the like the example I would always use was Dan Reeves, who was a, who played for the Cowboys for a lot of years. He oh, yeah. wasn't a great talent, but I think he knew how to use his abilities and really worked hard to become a good player and such. And I think he carried that over to become a, a very good coach. Uh, Bill Parcells, played at Wichita, you know, wasn't a great player, but again, I think he loved the game so much. Studied. He became a, a good coach, that kind of thing. The great players, uh, Forrest Gregg was okay, but oh, nothing yeah. special. And, and you can come up with other names like that. Uh, Jim Zorn, you know, you know, wasn't very good. And again, any number of, uh, and I, I'll be honest, Art Shell, a great, great player. Yeah. Was, was not a really particularly good coach. Now we had yeah. some, some pretty good teams and we made it to the playoffs and such, but, you know, when the talent kind of dropped a little bit there, he, he got exposed. So I think it's it's the okay players that really love the game and wanted to hang out. Uh, again, the, uh, the guy who's now the coordinator with the Chargers played at Boise State, was a quarterback, and, and was drafted by Detroit and kicked around a little bit and was the coordinator with the Cowboys. He's now with uh, uh, the Chargers and getting a lot of – got a lot of uh, – uh, uh, his name was brought up very prominently to be a, a head coach and got the interviews. Uh, yeah. And eventually that's going to happen. That, that kind of blank. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, I, I think about, let's say, uh, you know, like something like Michael Jordan, you know, when you're at that caliber, you probably get very frustrated if people don't play up to your expectation. So someone like Art Shell, who was, you know, a hall, I believe he was a hall of famer. Question uh, of hall of famer, absolute hall of famer. Yeah. So um, you know, he's probably expecting everybody. To, hey, if I can do it, you should be able to do it. And if you don't, you know. <laughs> well, well, Michael Jordan again was 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 not good at what he did yeah. as a, as a general manager, and, and yet uh, you know he just sold the, his share in the uh, Carolina team for like two billion dollars. 
So who am I to be critical of, <laughs> yeah. of him? Well, he's a good, he was a good businessman from that end yeah. of it. No, and, 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 and an amazing, amazing player. I mean, yeah. I'm not, oh, of for a second. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, uh, what things do you look for in an athlete that makes you feel that, you know, obviously you're looking for positional skills. What things that sets an athlete apart that makes you say, I want to take him, whether he's offensive or defensive? Well, you know, when I first started, I, I, I started to I asked Ron Wolf, you know, what, uh, <clears throat> you know, basically what, what is, you know, what do you live? And he got it. He says, look, the bottom line is, can they play? I mean, that, you know, that he says, I'm oversimplifying it and such, but each position, you know, had position specifics uh, that you were looking at, you know, the offensive linemen, uh, the ability to use their arms, their the, the ability to use their feet, to change direction, to leverage all of those things. And, and you put it all together, and uh, if, the, if they're playing well, they are, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly the, the first thing you're looking at. Uh, you're also looking at uh, character uh, has become more and more important in the league. It wasn't quite that bad back when, but sure. then with you know, drugs and steroids and all these other things, character became a much, much more important uh, thing to really include uh, in, in your reports. Uh, we also had uh, size and speed requirements. Uh, uh, you know, that was, those are things, obviously the speed, particularly with Al, uh, which he, I think he overemphasized in a lot of ways, but uh, so, so I guess the bottom line, you start off with size and speed and then, you know, you got guys that aren't quite that big, but just have uh, explosion uh, in, in the way that they play. You know, Marcus Allen is another example. I, you know, we never told him, you know, Marcus ran like a force for uh, a four seven for us, which if we had reported, it's, the, it's only twice in all the years I was there. We put down a different time than what guys ran, yeah. because if we put that time down, I wouldn't even look at the guy. So we moved Marcus up to a four six, which, again, we was right on the edge. But Marcus played so much faster than his four six time. Uh, yeah. He had the ability to cut without yeah. having to gather himself and, 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 and all the other, and not just Daniel, Mark was a great receiver. He was a great blocker. He was a great passer. He was a quarterback in high school. We used him a, a ton of times and he, he, he was a great short yardage runner, whether going under the line, through the line or over the line. Uh, so you put all those factors together and, and he just obviously was a great, great player and, yeah. and a great, great leader and such. So, well, I can just imagine like the tight ends, you know, like George Kittle, you, you know, the great blockers, you know, because, you know, tight end, you got to look at for, for blocking also. Well, that was, that was actually another position. We, we used a lot of projections. We, you know, being Al, you know, Dave Casper actually originally was, it was a yeah. tackle at, at, at uh, Notre Dame and then became a tight end and was great. But we had Ethan Horton came in, was a, been a first round running back with uh, the chiefs out of North Carolina. We made him a tight end. He made the Pro Bowl. Uh, Derek Ramsey was a quarterback at the University of Kentucky and played tight end, was really a good tight end. Uh, a few others like that. Hey, guys, I we're going to go to a question. I have, I have a hey, question. Hey, Russell, can you, can you hold up on that? Remember yes, your question? I will. We're going to go to a break. And by the way, with the character thing, I keep thinking about guys like John Matuzak, and it's almost like, we don't care what kind of character you are. You know, you're six, eight, 300 pounds. You do whatever you need to do, you know? <laughs> okay. Here's our first trivia question on the NFC. And as a reminder uh, to John, don't answer it until we come back in case you know the answer. All right. 
what long time, excuse me, what long time NFL player and coach and NFC team owner also served as the NFC's president? Okay, what longtime NFL player and coach and NFC team owner also served as the NFC's president? All right, we're talking about the National Football Conference. All right, stay with us. You're listening to Sports Econ 101. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. own an annuity, either fixed rate, indexed, or variable? Are you paying high fees and getting low returns? If so, Annuity General would like you to have this free book to learn the pitfalls and mistakes of buying an annuity. The Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers contains the little-known truths about annuities, like how to help reduce your fees and increase retirement income. And it's free. That's right, free. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report just for calling. We researched over 1,000 annuities and summarized rates and benefits from financially strong insurers. You get annuity do's and don'ts for baby boomers and the annuity rate report, both absolutely free for calling Annuity General today. Hurry, supplies are limited. Call now. 800-760-1845. 800-760-1845. That's 800-760-1845. How is your car payment treating you? What if I told you you could make a free phone call right now and reduce your car payment by as much as $83 a month? Look at your car payment closely. You could be paying as high as 20% interest. Rate Genius can help you reduce your car payments by reducing your interest rate to as low as 2.48% APR. We can refinance most existing car loans or leased cars, new or used, and save you money every month. Put more money back in your pocket The call is free to find out how low we can lower your car payment. Five minutes of your time right now could save you hundreds of dollars a year. Call Rate Genius now. 800-811-7913-800-811-7913-800-811-7913. That's 800-811-7913. Not all applicants qualify for a loan or rate savings. Actual offer terms, including APR, are determined at the time of your application based on creditworthiness, value of the vehicle, loan term, and other factors. One out of two Americans thinks their life is worthy of a book. Here's another startling stat. You may be one of the 15% of people who bothered to start your book and one of the 6% that got halfway through it, but your gem of an idea likely died. Or did it? Some published authors are making significant money, so join the ranks of the successful people that finish their books with help from Dorrance Publishing. Call right now and our experienced editors and writers will explain to you what it's going to take to get your book completely written, published, and then taken to market to sell it. 
It's a free consultation, so call right now. Find out how much time and money it takes to finally get that book idea of yours published. Make your dreams happen. Call Doran's Publishing right now. 800-485-6003. 800-485-6003. That's 800-485-6003. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. I'm Edward Brown along with Russell Jackson and our special guest, John Kingdom. And first trivia question, what longtime NFL player and coach and NFC team owner also served as the NFC's president? Uh, Taglia Bill? No. Well, the, well, basically, the only I, would, I was thinking Paul Brown, I know, but I don't know that he was a player. But the only one I would think of would be George Hallis. That's it. George Hallis. Yeah, you got to go way back for uh, for him. Yeah. I guess he played. He played uh, what in the nineteen twenties and thirties. Well, I, I, you know, I don't even remember him as a player. But I was thinking owners. You got Al Davis. You got Paul Brown, and the other other one that had real football experience would have been Hallis. So, and I know yeah. that <laughs> Paul Brown and Al didn't play pro football. No. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Russell. You had a question for John. Uh, yeah. So we were talking about you know um, uh, uh, Marcus Allen, and to me that was one of the great. Um, uh, mistakes by Al Davis was putting uh, Marcus Allen on the bench for so many years when he really should have been starting and should have been an impact player. And so, you know, that's something that I don't know if, if anyone's ever really gotten to the bottom to bottom of is why Al Davis chose to cut his own nose off to spite his face and would not trade Marcus Allen but also wouldn't play him. And did you ever, you know, as they, <laughs> you know, get that guy in here because he's one of the phenomenal players of our era? Well, it's 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 actually a question I get asked a great deal. For it wasn't many years. I think it was like two to three years, which is still two to three years too many. Because Marcus, as I've, I've said, was was amazing, and I got to know Marcus uh, pretty well, and and just love the guy. One of my most favorite players. I think, and we have a, again, I mentioned we wrote our book, uh, Bruce and I, Al Davis, behind the Rose Shield, and we had a chapter in there uh, about Al having problems with, with, with three people, uh, essentially, uh, that he shouldn't have. One was Kenny Stabler, uh, one was Marcus, and one was Gruden. And, and the thing I thought we had, we saw that they had all in common was they were becoming the face of the organization. And, and I think that bothered Al, and it, it made no sense now. He was still playing Marcus. And, and here's something people don't quite remember. You know, I think he was looking for an excuse to kind of play him less. And, and you, nobody, you won't really remember this, but 1986 was like when it's, we're playing the Philadelphia, that season was a crazy year. We lost our first three. We won our next five. Next thing you know, we're eight and five. And we're looking to, you know, get ready to get into the playoffs. We're playing the Philadelphia Eagles. And it's uh, in overtime. And we're in a position where we just run one or two more plays, kick the field goal, we win the game, we'll be nine and five and go on. And we're going to run it one more time. And Marcus broke to the outside, very competitive. And the ball popped up in the air and a Philly guy picked it up and ran it down. And Doki Williams made an amazing play to tackle him at the one. And then Cunningham ran on the next play. And I really think that Al kind of used that as an excuse now. All right, well, you know, he fumbled, blah, blah. We're going to start, and we brought in Dickerson, and we brought in Roger Craig, and he drafted a guy, Vance Mueller, 
from Occidental that he actually started, which was insane. And, uh, and then what really kind of burned the bridges for everybody was when Marcus went on uh, uh, national TV with Al Michaels before a Monday night game and, and did an interview where Al's trying to sabotage my career. And, uh, you know, that was the end of that. But, you know, that's, 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 the, that's as close as I can get to it. I and mean, it wouldn't be, that's not going to be one of those things where you say to Al, what the hell were you thinking? I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> it wouldn't have worked in, in that sense, but that's, and I, and I agree with Russ, you, you're absolutely right. It, it truly made no sense. And, uh, you, you know, there was a, a, another incident that, that occurred uh, that I'll share. Uh, he had asked Terry Rubisky, who was our offensive coordinator, and uh, asked, he said, I want you to go on TV and say that Marcus is lying about this and this and this. And, and Terry wouldn't do it. He says, look, I'm dealing with the players. I, I just don't think that's right. And he got Art Shell to do it. And, uh, and I actually got Marcus Allen's uh, autobiography. And, uh, and it was a very interesting book because he had other players talk about their time with the Raiders. And Ronnie Lott had a section in there. And he talked about how disappointed the players were in Art Shell that he went out and attacked uh, Marcus at the behest of Al. And, and he lost a lot of support from his players that way. And whereas Terry, you know, saw that this wasn't the right thing to do and he, and he did it. So uh, I, I hope I answered as, as I answered as best as I could yeah. uh, without saying to Al, you know, really what the hell was with you yeah. to, to have a problem with this guy? Well, you, you know, I think I, going back to the scouting part, I, I think about probably just off the top of my head, one of the best scouting, uh, uh, reports or, or draft tricks uh, picks has to be Ray Guy. I mean, who picks a punter first round? And and yet it was the best one. Well, the, the same tick, the, the same team that picked a kicker in the first round, Sebastian Janikowski. Janikowski the, yeah. No, but that was absolutely, uh, and that was before I was there. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, so, you know, it was, it was, it turned out, and I, you know, I, I was probably in high school when, when that, when they uh, drafted Ray that way. But uh, I'm sure the papers were, what the heck? You can get them. You can get them anywhere, anywhere. You know, but just, uh, you know, when we took Sebastian in the first round, everyone said, oh, you could have gotten him in the second round. You know, but I think the Chicago Bears had like the second pick in the second round. And they came out and said, well, we were going to take him in the second round and and, and not go on and get away from Ray. But yeah. uh, we had gone through a whole series of bad kickers after we had let Jeff Jager go. And, and, and like the year before we drafted Sebastian, we, we, we did not have a good year with our kickers. And I remember talking to Kent McLuhan, again, going back, he was a great cornerback with us and he was a great scout. And I said to Kent, if we could draft a guy in the first round and we would have won, and, and if we had him the year before, we would have won four more games than we won that year. Would you draft that guy? And he yeah. said, is that a trick question? Yeah. And I said, in a sense, it is. He says, well, yeah, I would draft him. I said, well, there's a kicker. So, you know, the guy named Sebastian Janikowski, that if we had him last year, because we lost four games because of our kickers. And, and we ended up taking Sebastian. And, 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 and the, the ironically, John Bruin was our coach. And John was very offensive oriented. And there was a player named Sylvester Morris, who was a receiver out of Tennessee State. Well, nobody remember. Yeah. And, and John really wanted to take him because he was very, like I said, offensive oriented. And, but we took Sebastian uh, and Sylvester went two picks later to the chiefs. And, and you talk about injuries. He blew his knee out in his, in his rookie year 
and oh. never made it. So, uh, so, but, but Gray, uh, Gray, Ray just changed, changed the game, changed the field position. And, and he was, he was a great, great athlete. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just, he was actually, I mean, he could throw, he had the strongest yeah. arm on the team. He did all those things. He was a great baseball player. And just as, as, a, as a Ray guy story, if you remember in 1984, we were playing the Chicago Bears in a game that people said was the toughest, most vicious game ever in football. We had won the Super Bowl. The Bears were just about to be what yeah. the Bears became back in that decade. So we were playing on the road and they were going to show how tough they were. And we were still a very good team. Jim Plunkett didn't dress because he had a, some injury. So Mark Wilson is playing and, and Mark and they're running that, you know, that 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 blitz that people are having trouble covering. So Mark gets hit and he hurts his thumb. They take him to the locker room and David Hum comes in and, and David loved playing. He's out there and he's moving the team. Bing, 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 and he gets clobbered top and low and, and he's just laying there. And, you know, Mark's in the locker room and who's our third quarterback? Ray guy. Ray guy. <laughs> and, and so I thought Ray says, I'm not going in there. <laughs> but the, so it took a while because they, and I guess someone called to Mark Wilson and said, we got to have you out there. And, and, uh, and so, you know, they, they, we've talked about, it. and David, David Hump passed away a couple of years ago. And, oh. and I went, yeah, he had, he had uh, MS, which is really oh, sad, no. but I got to be very close with him. Uh, and, and, uh, and so at the at his memorial, I was sitting there with Steve Sylvester, a former player, and Bob Nelson, and they were telling David Hum stories and that whole incident. And uh, <clears throat> so David's laying there on the ground, and George Anderson, the trainer, says, uh, you ready to get up, David? Can I lay here a little longer? <laughs> and then I was talking to uh, 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 Jim Plunkett. You know, he, he'd come in, and I told him these stories. He said, oh, I got one, because he's on the sideline. And he thinks he's going to go back in. And he says, hey, Plunk, could you hold this for me? He says, sure. What's that? And he pulls out like three teeth out of his mouth. Oh, no. <laughs> but they, and they said, he's not going in. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so and then Bob Nelson said they're on the plane. And David's sitting there sipping a beer. He's all, oh, Bob, I was having so much fun out there. Because he, he truly loved to play. And just the, the last, anyway, he had like six surgeries off of that, that thing with knees and this and that, and he's not going to be able to come back uh, the next year at all. But uh, just, just another side story. So he's in Las Vegas and my sister was a graphic artist. And she said, you know, I'm thinking about moving to Las Vegas because there'd be a lot of work there. I said, I know a guy in Las Vegas. So this was the next year after that game. And it, it's in the spring. I'm sorry. It's in during the season. And I call up David and I used to be the one to call David. David, we need you to come on back. David, we need you to come on back. So I said, hey, David, John Kingdon. And, th and there's no sound. <laughs> I said, do you want to take a break? or I'll be quick. So I said, uh, uh, David, uh, <clears throat> he says, are you there? He says, yeah. I said, well, my sister's coming to town. She's looking for a job. Could you get some interviews? He said, oh, thank God. I thought you were calling me to come back. I saw Jim got shaken up. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> All right, that's a great, a great story. I love that one. Okay, you guys ready for our second commercial break? Here we go. Our here's our trivia question: Which NFC team has been around the longest? Call eight eight eight. Or no, no, we want to do a call. We want to uh, email Edward at sportsecom101.com. We answer that question. 
Which NFC team has been around the longest? Stay with us, Sportycon 101, we'll be right back. Sail the San Francisco Bay aboard a luxury tall ship with a professional captain and crew. The schooner Free to Be offers a variety of sailing options for the general public on a weekly basis from February to November. All sails depart from lovely downtown Sausalito, just steps away from Sausalito's famous restaurants and the ferry landing. On board, you'll find plenty of seating on deck and a cash bar stocked with local craft beers, wines, and non-alcoholic beverages. Bring a friend and see all the San Francisco Bay has to offer on the schooner Free to Be. www.schoonerfreetobe.com or call 415-331-0444. Gym Guys, number one in-home personal training, comes to you with a plan, equipment, and a certified coach. Visit gymguys.com today. That's guys with a Z, gymguys.com. Gym Guys is proud to be the first in-home mobile personal training and fitness franchise company. As the leader of in-home personal training, we're redefining physical fitness by bringing the workout to you when and where it's convenient for you. Professional and certified trainers bring the instruction, the equipment, and they ensure every workout is customized for you depending on your fitness level and specific goals. The first session is a complimentary assessment designed to help you establish fitness goals and develop a fitness program specific for you. Following, we offer a yoga or personal training session to people who call in mentioning that they heard this offer on the Best of Investing radio show. Call Gym Guys now at 1-855-GYM-GUYZ. That's Gym Guys with a Z. Let them know you heard about the special offer on this show. Call 1-855-GYM-GYS. Are you looking for something special to do with your family this summer? Look no further. Bring your loved ones to Alcatraz Island and explore the rich history of this iconic landmark. And here's a special offer. Book your family tour today and get a discounted family pack price, which includes two adults and two kids. Don't miss out on this amazing experience. Visit AlcatrazCityCruises.com to purchase your tickets before they sell out. That's AlcatrazCityCruises.com. Palio Restaurant's been the premier Italian restaurant serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. Palio features fine Italian fare and a Wine Spectator award-winning wine list, so there's no surprise it's been voted Best Italian Restaurant in the SF Weekly this year. Palio has consistently been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Palio's been in business for over 30 years and recently went through a complete remodel. Our guests can expect to receive the same excellence in food and service that has sustained us for over 30 years in a brand new and more modern space. Our 250-plus seat restaurant includes seating in four distinct spaces, making social distancing while dining easy in our establishment. All precautions are taken by staff to ensure a safe dining experience. Open Monday through Saturdays. Reservations are recommended. Visit paleosf.com to view our menus and make a reservation today. Welcome back to Sports Ecom 101. Edward Brown here along with Russell Jackman and our special guest, John Kingdom. Uh, which NFC team has been around the longest? Yeah, that's a really hard one. Um, I'm going to say the New York Giants. Yes, very good. All right. Well, you, you, yeah, I was I was going New York or Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, no, it's because you had the you had Washington, New York, Green Bay, and 
Oh my God, and the Bears. There we go. There, those were the first four, but uh, New York was first. Not, not right. the Canton Bulldogs, huh? The Canton Bulldogs, yeah. That, that can actually came just a little later. Um, yeah, 1922 or something. Um, so, John, uh, what are your feelings about like this whole, well, it's been a couple of years now, them moving to Las Vegas. Does that change anything? Or, I mean, I guess when you're scouting, you're, you're just still scouting. You mean as, as a team? Well, you know, I was, yeah. I was I thought about it. And again, I, I wasn't there when they moved, but I think one of the things, if I was back there, the thing I would have done was uh, find the security guards at all the hotels or someone who really knows what's going on and, and give each of them a couple of season tickets and have them say, look, if, if we get any of our players are doing things uh, untoward or that shouldn't be done that you need to let us know, you know, here's a couple of tickets, let us have it. And they've had, you know, various incidents, you know, the, uh, yeah. the, the wide receiver Rug, you know, who was driving 150 miles an hour at two in the morning, yeah. Yeah. you know, killed, killed. And, and they had other incidents. And the other thing that I would have done, and, and I'll throw this, I, I mentioned earlier, Mike Mayock had been the uh, personnel director. They brought him over from ESPN when John Gruden was there and they drafted players that didn't have a lot of good character. And, uh, you know, a kid out of Ohio State uh, that had a lot of issues. And then they had him on video when he's with the Raiders and he's flashing a gun and such. I, I think scouting when you're in Vegas, I think you really have to put a little more emphasis on character because there's there's so many more things you're going to be exposed to uh, back there that, that that are really tempting. So how do you think, how do you do that? Like for yourself, when you're director you know, of, of scouting, uh, you know, you get interview the families, interview friends, you know, what, what goes on? Well, we do is pretty well, we're dealing obviously with the guys at the school and, and they will, you know, they've had these guys for four years. You know, the trainers have, have dealt with them. They know them really well. The strength coaches know them really well. Uh, you know, the contact guys. And when I said they know them really well, you know, I'll give you an example, just an example, uh, Deshaun Jackson. It was a receiver at a Cal. First round talent. Some games you, you couldn't, uh, they couldn't stop him. He was really great. And he had some games he was off. But in, in talking, uh, you, you know, to the trainers, he said, you know, he's, he's kind of a, uh, he's kind of a pain in the neck. We want him to come in at a certain time and he's always late. And the, the strength coach, uh, the same kind of thing. We can't count him coming in. He does what he wants. Now his senior year, he's doing what we want but he's just doing it for the scouts, that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and you got all that background. And uh, again, a solid first round talent. He went in the second round to uh, uh, Philadelphia. Now to his credit, I think somebody said to him, that's why he went in the second round. And he had a very good career and he, and he played very well that way. So we do as much. We used to send questionnaires to uh, high school coaches, uh, their mm -hmm. high school coaches, which gave us some background. And just to, to go up, we drafted, a, 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 <laughs> there was a guy who was a fullback at Missouri. Uh, he said, and the guy wrote, you know, I really thought he'd be a better uh, linebacker. And, and Al saw it and got really excited. And we signed him as a free agent. In fact, the guy was a fullback and his agent said, well, this team wants to really likes him as a fullback. And we said, if you like him so much as a fullback, they should have drafted him. But I'm telling you, Al Davis likes this guy. We will make a commitment to him. And uh, and he did. And, and I, I'm sorry, I blanked. He played very well for us. And, and you may remember, he went to the Rams as a free agent after a few years with us. He made the tackle that 
that that saved the Super Bowl win for oh, them. Oh yeah, uh, against the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, and I I I, I blanked I on his name. I'm blanking on that too, but yeah, that was. But yeah. but that was a that was a background thing we got from his high school coach, which which and we got a lot of background stuff. It was a form that that we created, and it really was good. We got we found some negative stuff about guys and such. Yeah. But we would but we would like, okay, here's another one that's sort of, you know, here's Jamarcus Russell. Mm -hmm. a lot of issues oh, yeah. now bruce kebrick again he'd been going to lsu for 30 years knew everybody there <laughs> and talked to everybody there down to the equipment guy and they said you know he's not an evil guy he's not a bad person you got to get someone to wake him up you got to get someone to take him to class someone to get him to practice someone mm -hmm. to make sure he does his work all of those things yeah. and uh you know that's you know and and when he comes to the nfl and gets his big contract that was it you know he just and i think in his mind he quit all right i've reached my goal you know because i got a big contract that kind of thing so and we got ignored and i'll give you know lane kiffin uh was the head guy and it was a very good personnel guy and he was adamantly opposed to him and in fact the guy we had really pushed was calvin johnson you know the receiver that went to detroit who was oh, just yeah. amazing yeah. and yeah. uh you know but if you watched film on jamarcus i mean he was as talented yeah. It's basically any quarterback you could find. And, uh, but, you know, things change, you know, where Al, another fact, you know, Al was a very powerful, strong man in his time. And he could really reach these players. And when he got to Jamarcus, Al was not, didn't have the strength and, and he couldn't move around a lot. He couldn't reach this guy. I wonder, I wonder what would happen if, because uh, a lot of times when they, like he said here, he reached his goal and probably a lot of it had to do with money. And yeah. so it's like, what would happen if you did like the old days where it was like, you know, you start off at a basic thing and then you just keep getting incentives as you do well. No, it, would, just... it would have been, it would have been a uh, great, great for him. Now yeah. it, the, the, probably the greatest contribution that Jamarcus made to the national football league was because his contract was so outlandishly high. Yeah. They put in a rookie cap. I mean, they're still making a lot of money, but nothing like, uh, you know, the crazy thing that Jamarcus got. So that was a big contribution. So I think. Free money. They, How much did he get? It was like a hundred million or something ridiculous. Well, it was like guaranteed 35 million. I mean, he's walking, his guy didn't come from a, a particularly affluent background. And so he's got $35 million. And, and, you know, we write about him a lot in the, in, in the book and uh, you know, it's, it's like, he didn't really understand money. And yeah. in fact, we had a guy who was in charge of our chartered planes. And he told me, Jamarcus came up to him and said, uh, he said, you know, I'd like to buy a private jet. <laughs> and, and this guy, to his credit, said, don't do it. He'd probably been broke by now. I mean, those guys, are, don't buy a private jet. And he didn't do it. And I, don't, I assume he's got a few bucks left. He's down in Louisiana, like an assistant high school coach. But, you know, he didn't, he wasn't a particularly we had a guy george Karras, was our pro personnel director and he loved cars and, he, and i was walking with him we were at training camp and he said look at that car whether that's a bentley i said yeah it's a really good looking car he says yeah it's jamarcus's car and it's dirty <laughs> so I, that sort of symbolized a little bit that he didn't quite understand uh, uh you know and he's come out well, the team, did, you know, and, yeah. you know, passing the buck and such. But, uh, sure. you know, he could he, he could have gone. We weren't a very strong team uh, leadership wise that way. But when we were a very good team, you, you know, and a strong team and you had a strong coach, you could bring in, like you said, a, a John Matuzak. 
and, and he'll follow what you're doing. And any number of other players that were sort of edgy. Now, just another example, we brought in Randy Moss and mm -hmm. Randy is a front runner. I mean, yeah. unbelievably talented, yeah. but you know, if he, if he didn't see, you know, there's a chance when he, he would quit on you. And so we, and when he went to New England, New England was at a point where the Raiders were in like the sixties and seventies, yeah. they would bring in guys. Uh, Corey Dillon was a running back. that was a pain in the neck in Cincinnati. He went to New England and played very well. And uh, Randy Moss really, you know, went to New England and uh, he saw their winning. I'm going to do it their way. And then it's interesting. So if, like the third year he's there, they win this big game and Randy goes, just, yeah, but they have to do, they got to redo my contract. I'm not happy here. Bing, 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 bing. And they cut him. And I remember Al said, do you believe that they cut Randy Moss, that Belichick did it? I said, yeah, as long as he told the line, he's going to be there. But if he's going to be a distraction, he's not going to put up with it. So, uh, yeah. but you have, if you're going to bring a guy like that in, not you know, Moss or Dylan, whoever these edgy guys, and you've got a strong team with good leadership and you're successful, then they'll, they'll toe the line and, and, and play well for you. Yeah. Very interesting how uh, for, you know, one team player can play just terribly and then sure. go to another team and play really well. Um, I wonder uh, being a scout, do you ever, you know, people uh, offer you bribes or, you know, I got to think that they, these guys got, Hey, listen, I really need to get my son on the team. You know, <laughs> Tell us some background stuff with, uh, you know, parents. Uh, no, I was, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying you accepted it. I'm just saying that. that I, I got to uh, think that. Well, you know. no, they're really, uh, you know, coaches will maybe recommend players, but, uh, you know, and, and I might, if there's someone I really respected and such, I, I might, you know, give a guy another look and such. But, you know, you, you put your, your name on the line and you just, this is not quite what you're talking about, but there was a, uh, our team doctor asked me if I could talk to the father of a player at USC. And uh, so I called, you know, the guy called me. I said, yeah, happy to talk about the guy. And the player was, it was like at best a seventh rounder, more like a free agent. So the father called me, said, where do you think my son's going to go? I said, well, you know, there's 32 teams and I'll be honest with you. I have him as a late rounder, more like a free agent guy. Oh, I said, where do you think he's going to go? Well, I, th I think like the second or third round. I said, well, you look, there's 32 teams, just takes one. Yeah. And so, so we, uh, but, you know, I explained to him this and this. He said, well, you know, he's probably not getting a look there at USC because they got, I said, that's not true. Each team probably spends two scouts in there. They probably send the personnel director, maybe the general manager goes in. So he's being looked at, but, you know, he's going back and forth. And I really think, I said, like, just do one thing for me don't have a draft day party because yeah. so many guys have those parties and the kid thinks he's in the first and he goes, and it's just, it's just the most depressing thing. Anyway, so he got, he wasn't drafted. He went to the Jets as a free agent oh, and okay. he was on the practice squad and he was active for like five games and then he was out of the league. But uh, you know, those are the kind of things that, uh, you know, it does something like that. Uh, I will admit to sort of taking a bribe. Okay. This is, <laughs> This is some okay. This is what happened, and it's 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 it's, it's okay. so right. we we need it. We have our mini camp, yeah. and uh, you don't have to. You could bring players in that weren't signed. Mm -hmm. uh, normally, you know, you can't bring. Listen, so there's some kid from Cal Davis calls up, and I looked, and he played linebacker. I didn't know anything about the kid, and he, you know, can I, you know, 
and, uh, and George Karras, bring him to camp. Okay, we'll bring him to camp. So the father, uh, he was from, the dad was from Oakland, and he, he worked in, in some kind of a city job. He, and he said, you know, that's so nice. And he gave me two tickets to Circus de Soleil. <laughs> okay. so, all right. So they bring the kid into the camp, and he's awful. And our linebacker coach, Dave Adolph, is that's the worst player I've ever seen in a camp. So I called and I said, look, it, and so we, we let him go. And the dad goes, oh, no, 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 can, can he just get, can you just, because he ran terribly. So I said, we'll run you in a 40, just you and me. We'll go out there one day. And if he runs a 40 and four, six, and he couldn't do it in a million years, we'll do it. And I only did it because he had given me two tickets to service. Yeah. Away. And he hey, ran badly shot, and that was the end of that. That's the, that was as close as I came to taking a, you call a bribe. All right. Here's our last trivia question here. It, in what city did the Carolina Panthers play their inaugural season in 1996? That's our trivia question, all right? Stay with us. Sports Econ 101 will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. We're going to be right back. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national healthcare alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-913-9739. 800-913-9739. That's 800-913-9739. If you're taking a calcium supplement... It's probably not doing what you think it is. That's because you still lose bone density with traditional calcium supplements. That's where calcium from algae comes in. Algae Cal Plus doesn't just stop bone loss. It's the only supplement ever shown to increase bone density in clinical studies. That's right. Algae Cal Plus increases bone density, even if you're in your 80s. That's because your bones need more than just calcium and vitamin D to stay strong. There are actually 13 minerals and 3 vitamins needed to build healthy new bone. And Algae Cal Plus contains all of them, and it's proudly made in the USA. Your calcium doesn't increase bone density. Algae Cal Plus does. Talk to one of our bone health consultants today and see how Algae Cal Plus can start increasing your bone density. Call now. 800-437-8217. 800-437-8217. That's 800-437-8217. How would you like to publish and sell your own audio book? Great stories deserve great storytelling. Audiobook Network provides professional voice actors and full production services for every author's manuscript. You'll choose from one of our many voice actors. Bring your story to life with audiobooks. Consumers are mobile these days, and having an audiobook helps authors reach a larger customer base, which increases book sales. From narration, production, and editing to distribution, promotion, and sales, Audiobook Network does it all for you. 
We hold your hand throughout the entire production process. We'll create an audiobook that you can be proud of. It doesn't cost or take as much time as you may think. In fact, for us, it's pretty easy. It's what we do. If you've got a published print book, ebook, or even a manuscript, give Audiobook Network a call right now and get our free audiobook guide. 800-514-0521. 800-514-0521. That's 800-514-0521. Welcome back to Sports Econ 101. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Russell Jackman and our special guest, John Kingman. Uh, all right, guys. Now, you each have gotten one question correctly. Let's see if you know the answer to this one. In what city did the Carolina Panthers play their inaugural season in 1996? I'm counting on Russell on this one, but uh, I, I, just, I would just throw out Chapel Hill. Russell, what do you think? I, I thought it was Charlotte, so I didn't know they didn't play in. in, uh, in you know, their inaugural season in 1996, they played in Clemson, Clemson, South Carolina. Ah. All right, so now you guys are one and one. So when we have John back on in a couple of, in a few weeks, uh, John's got a lot of good uh, economic side that we didn't even get a touch on with the NIL situation and how, you know, the cornerbacks are, quarterbacks are making so much money and the running backs are not. Uh, but we're going to cut out for our thoughts for the day. So you ready for this? So I visited a mental hospital and I asked the director what the criteria are for defining whether or not a patient should be institutionalized. And the doctor says, well, we, we fill up the bathtub and then we offer a teaspoon, a teacup and a bucket to the patient and ask them to empty the bathtub. I said, oh, I said, uh, I understand. A, a normal person would uh, use the bucket as it's bigger than the spoon or the teacup. Uh, the doctor said, uh, no, a normal per person would pull the drain plug. So uh, do you want a bed by the wall or near the window? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I thought that, I thought that I was pretty good. Yeah. I like that. All right, John Kingman, former um, director of college scouting for the back then the Oakland Raiders. Uh, did you also go to LA too? Oh yeah. Oakland, yeah. LA, Oakland. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just not yeah. Las Vegas. Maybe they'll get you back on again. No, but, uh, <laughs> All right. Okay. Tune in next week to sports econ 101. We're going to be discussing sports topics from a business perspective and asking more sports trivia questions. Thanks for listening on behalf of our team. I'm Edward Brown. We're wishing you the best. I'm investing. Yes. <laughs> I keep doing it. I have another show called The Best of Investing. But we'll see you next week. So long. Adios.